1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point on this Monday, February 13th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortelaro with you up until 1 p.m. as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Reaction to Super Bowl 57 with the Chiefs getting a victory over the Eagles. Plenty of more to get into here in this hour number two. We'll take your phone calls as well around 12.15 today, 602-260-1060. But let's reset the scene with our poll question. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Did Andy Reid cement his coaching legacy with the Chiefs' second-half performance? And yes, out in front at 100% of the vote. thought there'd be maybe a little more debate about this, but I guess not. (laughs) We'll answer it around 1230 here today on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060, uh, a topic of conversation that certainly has been um, unfolding in regards to the Chiefs being able to secure their victory. We won't ignore it. We'll get into it around 1230 today as it's part of our Twitter poll question. Should James Bradbury versus Juju Smith-Schuster been called defensive holding? And we are now in a 50-50 split on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. All right, a contentious vote. It, it right. is, and it probably accurately depicts uh, most of reaction that I saw in in real time as well. Uh, so we'll get into that around 1230. Before I get into uh, the part about uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and we talk about him and, and all the greatness that he continues to uh, let us watch and witness, the Cardinals have put out a statement that uh, the passing of former pro guard Conrad Dobler earlier today in Pueblo, Colorado at the age of 72. Dobler uh, was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in the fifth round of the 1972 NFL draft out of Wyoming. He played 10 seasons in the NFL with the Cardinals from 1972 to 1977 and with the Saints from 1978 to uh, 79 and the Bills from 80 to 81. He did start 77 of 80 games played and earned three consecutive Pro Bowl selections from 75 to 77 with the Arizona Cardinals. All right, Conrad Dobler, known for a lot of things. Uh, One, maybe the dirtiest player in the history of the NFL. (laughs) That was certainly a reputation that he had. Also as part of a tremendous offensive line that the Cardinals had back in those days that included Dan Deerdorf, uh, McMillan was uh, another. Ta- those were the uh, uh, McMillan and Deerdorf, the tackles on those two on those teams, and uh, certainly, you know, we, uh, you know, they they had some really good offenses back in those days, and that offensive line's a good starting point. 
Uh, interesting as well because he played for head coach Don Coriel, who right. finally was able to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, him getting in yep. this week in the enshrinement there. So interesting little synergy between the two. But, of course, uh, the statement from Michael Bidwell, quote, our hearts go out to the family, friends, and former teammates of Conrad Dobler. Uh, he was the kind of tough, physical, and fierce player that you <laughs> love to line up with as a teammate and hate right. to line up against as an opponent. That's a 100% shakes. Extremely accurate. That's right. Right on point. Very good. <laughs> so that is the statement there in regards to uh, Conrad Dobler uh, passing away this morning at the age of 72. Getting into more about Super Bowl 57 with the Chiefs victory here, I, I thought it was important that we discuss Patrick Mahomes because mm-hmm. he's just 27 years old. He now is a two-time NFL Super Bowl champion. He's been to three Super Bowls in the last four years, been to five straight AFC championship games. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP and a two-time league MVP. That's pretty darn impressive start to your career. Absolutely, and I'm going to go. I can't. I didn't count on quoting. I'm going to quote Todd Graham, <laughs> former <laughs> ASU coach. Uh, remember, they played the infamous game here, infamous in more ways than one. I hated that game when they played Texas Tech here, and it was like a hundred ninety-nine or whatever the final score was in that game. But I remember before that game, and I'd seen Mahomes play several times, and you just kind of try to go, who's he remind you of? And in the pregame, I assume on the Monday press conference before that game, Todd Graham compared Patrick Mahomes to Magic Johnson playing point guard in basketball. And now I watch Mahomes, and I think of that quote from Todd Graham all the time because I think it's 100%. I keep saying 100% here on a lot of things. uh, It's extremely accurate. Uh, And uh, like I mentioned, that was several years ago now, and I remember that – I watch Mahomes make these plays, and that's the first thing I think of is Todd Graham saying that before they played and uh, played that infamous game against Texas Tech here. You know, I, I might be in the minority here on this one, but Mahomes has far exceeded my expectations of the type of player that he would translate into being in the NFL. Uh, and I have to wonder if oftentimes we talk about this players with potential and where they go in the draft and to whom they go what team they go to who's going to be their offensive coordinator head coach the type of environment and culture they go into certainly helps to breed uh, their ability to have success in the NFL but I just kind of thought kind of a statistical show a lot of flashy plays but boy this season just was beyond impressive to me with the loss of the pieces that they had still keeping the offense moving and then just the sheer toughness that he showed in this postseason. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Uh, that's a, the fourth playoff win that they've had with him as the quarterback when they've been trailing by 10 or more points, including both Super Bowl victories. Uh, to repeat from earlier, he was 13 out of 14 in the second half, and the one incompletion was a throwaway. Um, they're the second team down 10-plus at halftime to win a Super Bowl game. And also, another thing that stood out to me last night was Mahomes in the postgame. And I I watched all the networks and some of his official postgame press conference in addition to the network appearances. He credited Alex Smith uh, a couple of times for helping him learn the Chiefs winning mentality, is how he called it. and uh, I thought that that was another, you know, that was a very classy move by him, and I think very accurate because I think he uh, 
He learned a lot when he sat out the majority of that first season. I believe he started only the last game of that season. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Alex Smith was a starting quarterback. For him to actually mention that yesterday and all the euphoria, the victory and things, and just in the postgame, I thought was very impressive. You know, along those lines, he was also asked in postgame about, uh, you know, leadership and what he's had to do this year to kind of change his leadership because of all the rookies that are on this team. And he said uh, in that postgame as well that uh, he's always been a pretty vocal person, but it's now trying to explain the type of culture. And he credited all the people that came before him as well that really instilled that Chiefs kind of culture and that Chiefs kind of uh, way of, mm -hmm. of believing in, in what they want to do and how they want to go about their business to accomplish their goals at the end. Uh, but then also credit a bunch of different leaders across the team as well. So again, deflecting all of just the credit going to him. And he mentioned a few of those, some of those, a few of those things, some of those things last week too during the countless and endless hours that he did press conferences or interviews before the various pregame shows on Sunday. And. Again, with the credit here, uh, he again continues to give so much praise and credit to Andy Reid. Now, apparently, Jay Glazer had reported uh, prior to the game that Andy Reid may step away after this year. Uh, Andy Reid was asked about it post game, and he says, if they'll have me, I'll stick around. And then Patrick Mahomes said this as well about Andy Reid yesterday. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think everybody knew that, but these last two Super Bowls kind of cemented that to have someone that is such a a great person who gets the best out of the players and to become men and players you wanted to do that you wanted to win those Super Bowls for him it's great that we did that and like you said we're not done I am going to have him around for a little while longer at least yeah Reed wasted no time well actually he was asked specifically on the podium last night by Bradshaw about whether he was going to come back and so he, he shot that down immediately I didn't get to hear that in real time, but I've been seeing some things uh, this morning trickling through Twitter that uh, there's a lot of controversy of how Terry Bradshaw decided to handle that podium on the field uh, press, uh, you know, kind of interview process. Well, I personally think that Fox should be embarrassed uh, for one of the things that Terry Bradshaw says on the air, whether it be uh, week X of the regular season or the Super Bowl and the fact that he's on the podium at the end of the game. I don't quite understand that. Uh, so maybe they want to reconsider that in the future. So back to the Chiefs, when it comes to now the conversation, three Super Bowls in the last four years, five straight AFC championships. In fact, Gronk was actually asked about this uh, on Tuesday for the Fox Media Day. Do you consider the Chiefs to be a dynasty? And of course, Gronk is going to answer no, because uh, he's like, well, how long did we with the New England Patriots do it? And he's like, so no, not yet. But we're still looking here. Five straight AFC championships and three of the last Super Bowls, two of the last four have been won by them what do you consider a duration of time to be a dynasty and do we consider the chiefs to be such well i'm going to deflect back to our buddy nate davis uh, who wrote about this exactly and uh, the usa today uh, you know online usatoday.com story today the headline is are the chiefs the nfl's next dynasty that's the headline above his story today and uh uh, we talked about this a little bit during the sports zone in an hour, uh, you know, between the 10 and 11 o'clock hours this morning. And I'm not going to ruin it all for you, but uh, he's going to kind of lead the conclusion that, yeah, <laughs> but the dynasties in sports, I mean, it's 
much different now than it used to be, whether it's, you know, the Celtics, you know, and the, the, I guess we start with the Yankees if we go sports, right? If we start with the Yankees for God knows how long, seemingly an entire century, it seemed like, uh, at least in uh, pockets of championships, and then the Celtics, obviously, with the Bill Russell years, whether it be the uh, the Bulls during the Michael Jordan era. I think that uh, free agency has changed professional sports so much that I think it's very difficult to compare eras. I've talked about the hard, difficult to compare players in eras, and that's uh, certainly something we got more into that here recently because of the Tom Brady retirement. But yeah, I, I think it just you kind of have to separate the era itself and whether it's a dynasty. And I guess you have to say if you've been to five consecutive conference championship games, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, that's an absolute fantastic start to things and a start to your career as well. Maybe this is where this quote-unquote disrespect for the Chiefs kind of came in yeah. to play here because you were looking at the AFC and you were looking at some of the younger quarterbacks that could potentially push this this narrative with the Chiefs being the dynasty and would that dynasty kind of end. You had Joe Burrow doing it uh, in the AFC Championship last year. You've had Josh Allen getting close and then you had him winning in the regular season this year. So you have those two players ready on the cusp of like can they get their teams over the over the hump and over the hurdle uh then you have whether or not anything gets figured out with justin herbert they have you know the conversation about him being young and his athletic talents and his quarterback gifts just how whether or not everything is going to really come together so there's certainly the young quarterback narrative in the afc to potentially uh push the chiefs here but at the end of the day it still is a team game Right. I think there are two different things here. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, what they've accomplished is one thing. This alleged disrespect thing is just a load of garbage, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, we heard about that after they won the game against the Bengals in the conference championship game. And the, the Chiefs were favored to win that game, by the <laughs> way. And then you know, there was a ton of money on the Chiefs in the last 24 hours with you know, the general public betting on them yesterday. And uh, it's mainly a tra- yesterday was more mainly a Travis Kelsey thing again. You know, he uses the the jabroni thing. I'm not sure where that came from, uh, but he used it in the conference championship post game about a million times, and he did it yesterday too on all the post games that I watched on the networks. And then I'm not sure if he said that at the podium also. I missed that part, but I mean, come on. I mean, I've actually had a big problem over the years, especially when I was doing the syndicated shows uh, back in the day. Of uh, nobody thinks they're getting any respect. Usually, it's a fan base, but not players. Uh, I used to. We used to actually have a cart that we would uh, we would uh, you know, play Aretha Franklin when somebody gave us the disrespect card because <laughs> uh, I just got so sick of hearing about it. I like it. That's good. Uh, But yeah, no. So uh, along those lines, though, I just think that the AFC uh, certainly will be a challenging division moving forward. But until you supplant the Chiefs, they're supreme right now. Right. And I think it also challenges those teams and those quarterbacks you mentioned uh, that they have to get better Uh, because the the Chiefs are a young team right now. This, This is the youngest that they've been. They have a lot of young players that played big roles yesterday. Obviously, you know, Tony and and uh, Sky Moore come to come to mind immediately. Plus Pacheco, he was a tremendous player yesterday. 
uh, and the fact that he took that hit and took uh, sat out one play and came back in, and then uh, you know he missed one play after he took that hit uh, in the fourth fourth quarter, third. Fourth it was the quarter. fourth. One of those. Okay, fourth quarter. Uh, so you know those guys are young players, and they've done a really good job developing uh, young players. We already talked about Nick Bolton. Uh, and you sound like Mahomes is an old man. So he's, he's kind of a young dude himself. That's correct. Uh, he's 27 years old. But to yeah. your point about the the pushing the other quarterbacks in the division to get better, uh, I think we kind of saw maybe Josh Allen take a little bit of a step back this year. And I don't know if it was yeah. the elbow. I don't know if it was trying to do too much, trying to be asked to do too much, uh, not playing within kind of the boundaries of the team. Uh, whereas I thought Joe Burrow actually took a step forward despite not going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, if I'm comparing those two guys based on this season, I'm going to start with the offensive lines. Uh, and you mentioned the elbow for Allen, and you know there was a story over there the week over the weekend that he's not going to have surgery. I guess that's a news story because apparently maybe he was going to have surgery. Uh, so uh, there's one thing there, but the fact that the Bengals' offensive line until obviously 60% of it was injured towards the end of the regular season, that was much improved this year. Uh, and then the, I think the Bills offensive line, when we talked about the Bills, even when we thought the Bills were, you know, riding high, especially after that Kansas City win, a win which was what, early October. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of when they were, that was when they were kind of at their, the, the high point of the season for them. Even then, uh, we questioned whether the Bills offensive line was legitimate. 602-260-1060 is the number. If you'd like to join the program, we'll take some calls in the next segment. 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program. If you'd like to comment about Super Bowl 57, potential Arizona Cardinals uh, coaching search and hires, uh, the latest reports here, uh, seeing different things locally as well as from Adam Schefter of ESPN that uh, they are expected to interview Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator. This was scheduled prior to the Super Bowl, but that's expected to take place today. Uh, it looks like Mike Kafka is out uh, if, of the running for head coach for the Cardinals, and it's down to Lou Anarumo, a defensive coordinator for the Bengals, and the uh, Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. So we'll, of course, continue to monitor that and when they officially make an announcement for their next head coach. But 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program if you'd like to chime in. It is the extra point. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS 1060.com. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. So, Bob, during the third quarter of the commercials, were you paying attention to Gronk's kick of destiny? 
Actually, I had no idea what was going on during any of the commercials. Okay. Uh, I was pretty much updating my notes on the game, and uh, the best thing about the Super Bowl is the fact that the commercials last as long as they do, and I can get caught up before the next series starts. <laughs> so, and then this game, obviously, seemed like the, every series, especially the second half, was either a Chiefs score or... Yeah, why did the Eagles not you know, generate a little more offense here? Why did that not run the ball a couple of times when I thought they should have run the ball and uh, maybe, you know, given they were running the ball fine. I think they ch- I think they, they stopped themselves in the running game more than the Chiefs did. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Gainwell was certainly. Uh performing well. Hurts, obviously, setting a Super Bowl record with 70 yards. So there were definitely some holes and some opportunities. But the the second, it, it, it was the first play of the game, right? The the run to Miles Sanders. And I kind of chuckled to myself because he fumbled it out of bounds. And I said, yeah. oh, Bob went on and on all week about Miles Sanders and his fumble concerns. Well, and then he didn't catch the pass. That could have been a fumble, too. Uh, start the second half, the first play of the second half for them. So, yeah, he's had that, uh, you know, I don't think it's really a a reputation. I think it's a fact that he's had some fumbling issues. And, you know, they have uh, had times this year when they've had leads in the second half trying to protect those leads where he wasn't the main ball carrier. Uh, They had Gainwell and Scott in there instead because of ball security. So Gronk's kick of destiny. Uh, I I guess he missed it, huh? Yeah. So it was a 25-yarder, but FanDuel – even though he missed, they still if you if you made any sort of bet that was eligible, they paid you out today uh, in regards to that. Even though he missed, but yes, he missed. And it's funny because uh, I happened to like walk outside at one point, and it was getting really, really windy. And I was like, "Oh, Gronk's gonna have some issues with this." Um, because of the wind circling around, and I didn't know where he was kicking this from. It looked like he was in the middle of nowhere. Um, (laughs) So I'm sure that didn't help with the wind. But he certainly had the leg. And in real time, the first time I saw it, I'm like, he made it. It missed, uh, or like it looked like it hooked after it went through the uprights. But there was a second angle that I saw this morning to confirm that he did, in fact, miss, and he missed it just to to the left of the upright. But I had said that I was going to go to the NFL experience, and I went. I went on Saturday, and I did my own kick of destiny, Bob. So do you have any guesses on how it went? No, I have a very good guess. Well, actually, yeah, I think I have a right good, a good Well, I'm, I'm guessing that you made it because you're a really good athlete. Uh, but I'm guessing that maybe you didn't because you're you – know, well, then if you if you missed it, you shouldn't be bringing it up. So I'm going to say you made it. <laughs> well, Gronk and I are one in the same here. I, I missed as well. Mine hit the crossbar and Aww. fell short. Um, so actually what's funny, though, is I had my friend uh, take a video of it, and then I was, like, freeze-framing it, watching it at home. And so I think I know maybe what oh, I have wow. done wrong. Breaking down your own kicking. Yes, breaking down <laughs> what has happened here, that my, my plant foot was, like, too far away from the ball, so I didn't quite get the – because then I went and I saw, like, how these kickers do actually kick, and they actually have their plant foot, like, right next to the ball as they're mm. swinging through. So I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't have quite – enough inertia and power and it fell short hit the crossbar okay. a little they doink action the, still open today you can do a redo baby i you know i wanted to do a redo but uh they wouldn't let me so instead Aww. i missed um 
But I do want to wrap up Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. As I had mentioned at the top, we were oh so close with Kenneth Gainwell anytime touchdown. Let's just take a second to recap what it is that we did all season long, dating back to college football. NFL football and then carrying through into the playoffs here into 2023. Bob and I, we dissected all the games uh, using the FanDuel Sportsbook app numbers, going through everything. And then there was a $100 gift certificate at the end of the line for a lucky winner. The lucky winner then gave me the play of the weekend. We all rooted on for it uh, to see what was going to happen. I put $5 on the bet and the hopes were to have some money to go to charity at season end. Well, we're here at season end. So Kenneth Gainwell, anytime touchdown, as I mentioned, was oh so close. Then you and I had decided that we were going to have an executive decision for our, our last bet. And I guess I eventually just made the executive decision, which was Eagles first half minus one and a half. So that hit. Right. So we started off, though, if you remember, Bob, really shaky to start yes. 2022. Uh, in 2023, though, we have hit all but one of our bets. And so in total, calculating it all, I guess we ended up doing 19 of these. We were 9 of 19. So hopefully if we get the chance to do this again next year, there will be some improvement. We will hit over 50%. That's the goal here. That would be good. Yep. That would be an uh, improvement. I mean, like you mentioned, we started off horribly. Uh, so we got much, uh, the callers got much better after that, and uh, no doubt. And uh, I also like to say that I, I've told you this off the air, but uh, I don't know if we said, I've said it on the air, is I think that our Friday preview shows have just been tremendous and really better than any preview shows that I've ever done, whether it be in my syndicated days whether it be in you know, the days I've been here locally, uh, even my Vegas days with my buddy Larry Ness back in the day, might have been close to those, but I mean, it was as close to that as I've ever really had a, a Friday preview show and as far as the NFL goes and college football. And I think we did a really good job of previewing games and giving as much information as humanly possible before the games were played. Yes, and to, to piggyback off of that, I had an absolute blast doing it the first time yes. we really dove into all of that, so that was a ton of fun. Yep. Uh, with the shaky start, though, of 2022, I was really worried that we weren't going to have anything for charity, so with... Christmas being the holiday season, I went out and I just bought a bunch of footballs and basketballs and I ended up giving them to Operation Holiday uh, right. by MAM. But because we've done so well here in 2023, I don't want that to go unrewarded. So this week, I will also make a separate donation to Gigi's Playhouse. So that's the two things that we have done in promise of things going to charity. A bunch of footballs and basketballs to Operation Holiday Giving with MAM. And then I'll make another donation here this week to Gigi's Playhouse. But as you mentioned, uh, Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits was a ton of fun. There's actually still going to be $100 gift certificates moving forward. I just got to figure out how we're going to uh, continue to have fun giving them away. Okay, I'm sure you'll have fun figuring that out. <laughs> yeah, fun, yeah. the operative word. Yeah. We'll get into the poll questions as a reset here. KDOS1060.com. Did Andy Reid cement his coaching legacy with the Chiefs' second-half performance? And on Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, should James Bradbury versus Juju Smith-Schuster been called defensive holding? So we'll get into that on the other side of the break. And, Bob, I get this tweet here. 
that I need to post my kick attempt video on Twitter. You think mm. I should do it? Sure. All right. Right off the crossbar. Yeah. There was disappointment and dejection immediately upon my face. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay? I thought okay I had now? it. I think I, you've gotten, it seems like you've gotten over it. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> okay, that's good. We'll get into uh, the poll questions on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point on this Monday, February 13th. Ready to bring KDUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open the KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. I'm currently working on putting the video of the field goal attempt, the 25-yarder up on Twitter, so that'll be up here shortly. But we'll continue on with regularly scheduled programming, KDOS1060.com. And the poll question, did Andy Reid cement his coaching legacy with the Chiefs' second-half performance? Obviously, this stemming from the Chiefs coming back to beat the Eagles in Super Bowl 57. Yeah, and I'm actually, I figured it'd be an overwhelming vote. I didn't think it'd be like last report 100% of the vote. Uh, and I waited, to, you know, we didn't post this question or I didn't come up with this question. I wanted to make sure I waited till after the game to come up with uh, the poll questions. I kind of had the second one figured out pretty quickly, uh, the Twitter poll, which we'll get to in a minute. But, you know, this one, I think just as I saw Andy Reid make the rounds with uh, Chris Berman and then with Chris Rose, who did a really good job, by the way, uh, on the NFL Network postgame. I'm not a big fan of some of the people he's with on there, but I thought he did a tremendous job in the on-field postgame from them. Uh, So I saw him make the rounds there, and I saw some some of his official press conference uh, after the game, after they got done with the 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 on-field stuff. And uh, I just kind of came up with this idea at some point during that. And just from last night, well, first up, yeah, I, th- I told you I wasn't going to ramble on, right? Well, I guess I'm rambling on. But if he lost this game, he'd been one and three in Super Bowls, and he'd been favored to win three of those games. Uh, and uh, to win only one of those, uh, I think that uh, there still be some questions. But, you know, that takes care of that part. Is, historically, it does. And his play calling yesterday, I just thought, was tremendous. And as I mentioned previously, worth repeating again, 27 pass attempts. And if you include the Mahomes rushes, 26 uh, run run plays, as it turns out. And I think the combination of that did a really a tremendous job. I think that had more to do with the lack of a pass rush from the Chiefs. And you know, even the passes, most of them were short passes and get rid of the ball type of thing. Uh, I think that uh, yeah, he was clearly, you know, that second half, and you know, the fact that he put the you know guys in motion, the touchdowns to Tony and Smith, uh, were you know plays where the Eagles got their their their, their coverage got lost in the motion, and uh, easy touchdowns in both cases. Uh, I think that the uh, you know Andy Reid's best moment I think was the second half of that game last night. Just cemented, to use the uh, phrase from the poll question, cemented his his legacy at this point. 
So when uh, this question came to me, my first thought was absolutely. Uh, Patrick Mahomes hurts that ankle before the half. He looked to be in more anguish, more pain than the first half when he got the first time that he got injured against the Jags. You were just kind of wondering how good is he going to be? Is he going to be capable of, you know, pulling this out, coming back? And Andy Reid decides to come out in the second half with Isaiah Pacheco. He had five carries, 28 yards in the first half, and it would be easy to abandon the run being down 10, easy to abandon the run with Patrick Mahomes. But in the second half, Pacheco ends up getting 10 carries, 48 yards, finishes the game with 15 carries for 76 yards. And it's in fact, three straight runs, got the quick passing game going. uh, And certainly they were able to work their way back, never getting impatient to get touchdowns and score games I I do think that he also made the right decisions at the right time and uh, he was the better coach in the second half totally agree and yeah speaking of the second half you know that's their fourth playoff comeback down 10 plus points with Mahomes and Reed that combination and they're the second team in Super Bowl history to come down for more than 10 points at halftime to win the game On Twitter, the masses also agree with us with 100% of the vote on the yes side of things. This is KDOS1060.com. Over on Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, should James Bradbury versus Juju Smith-Schuster been called defensive holding? So in real time, from my vantage point, it really didn't seem to be an egregious situation whatsoever. So after hearing Bradbury say post-game, quote, I tugged his jersey, I was hoping they would let it slide. Also seeing pool reporting comments from referee Carl Chaffers saying, quote, it was a clear case of a jersey grab that caused restriction. He went to the inside, he put a foot down to try and break to the outside. So it was right at the break up to uh, it was right to the break point to the outside where the defender grabbed his jersey to prevent free release i was like okay i'm going to go back and i'm going to watch this video very closely to see was it in fact you know defensive holding here uh he did grab the jersey again it seemed really innocuous to me uh it seemed as though the ball was completely uncatchable regardless if he was quote unquote held or not Um, I then immediately thought about how Roger Goodell on Thursday in his state of the league address was talking about the officiating and he said that the, you know, the officiating has never been better. I think it's just as always unfortunate when you have a game like this all tied up 35, 35 teams are trading, uh, scores back and forth. It's this fun game. You're anticipating things to end in a certain dramatic type fashion. And it ends on a call like this because now Pacheco, or I'm sorry, uh, McKinnon runs, he slides, forcing the Eagles to call timeout can run the clock out and basically give the Eagles no time left to try to score. If the chiefs are able to score, uh, if they don't convert here, you got some big time decisions to make. The Eagles have more time left on the clock to try to go down and do something. So it just changes the magnitude of how kind of exciting and fun this fourth quarter was. But then in addition to that, I remember and I go back to, um, was it, I can't, it was week 15. It was week 15. The Giants were facing the Commanders. And uh, 
Dar- uh, Holmes is draped all over Curtis Samuel. It was a clear pass interference. It was on uh, Sunday night football. Referees don't call it. Let them play. So I think it comes down to me just consistency. We need to have some sort of consistency if something like this is not is going to be called in the biggest game of the year. Something like that is not going to be called in what ended up having some pretty important playoff implications. You need to have consistency whether or not you're going to let things happen happen or not. Uh, Mike Sando of The Athletic had an article this morning and he had some texts from various different people around the league and, and one coach said terrible not one holding called all game way to F up a great game another former coach said so I think it comes down to just our expectations of what we wanted to see and how it all unfolds and then just sheer disappointment that there was holding that's how the game ends. Yeah, I agree with all of that uh, from what you said and you know, Sando's story, which I haven't read yet, but I definitely will at some point uh, before next season begins. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'd be doing that today. I might, uh, you know, when we're done here today, certainly I might be a little burned out for a while. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree. The, the fact, I think the biggest thing that you mentioned there to me is just the lack of consistency. Yeah, when I first saw the play, I didn't think uh, much of it. You know, I'm just trying to kind of formulate thoughts at that point anyway. And you know, the fact that you know, we think that uh, you know that you know, the field goal would have been you know it would have been a you know, quote chip shot field goal anyway. Uh, if the if the if the uh, if the play had been not as close to the goal line or you know, you know, short field goal attempts etc. at that point, maybe we'd have a different viewpoint. Uh, but also just kind of to go back to the first question uh the, this whole play design once again was andy reed you know they basically was kind of a double move type of thing not kind of it was a double move type of thing with juju and uh forced bradbury to kind of you know have the holding penalty so it goes back to the andy reed question the masses are completely undecided here, now sticking with a 50-50 split between yes and no. This is on Twitter, at KDUS AM 1060. Uh, you know, first of all, though, kudos to James Bradbury for, one, answering yes. the questions, two, saying, yes, I did, in fact, you know, grab his jersey, hoping they would let it slide, let us just play the game. Uh, and then, of course, several other teammates coming to his defense that there were more opportunities than just this one play, because that's oftentimes what we do is that we focus on, you know, the quote unquote, more critical moments of the game. And mm-hmm. this the clock is winding down. They're driving down the field. So it seems like it all lands on this shoulder uh, of Bradbury here. But kudos to the teammates for saying that there were other opportunities that the Eagles let squander away. And Sirianni. Who, who said that at least a couple of times uh, in the post game? Uh, his two post games. I know he had the, I believe it was the uh, on Fox. He had a little uh, you know, thing after the game, and then had his official press conference afterwards. And yeah, he did not hesitate at any point. Uh, he, he did not blame anything on the officiating uh, or the field, to my knowledge. Maybe he meant, I don't. Maybe I missed that part, but. Uh, uh, so anyway, I thought that the uh, Eagles handled that whole situation really well. 
I will say that the life kind of was like sucked out of the building when that that happened because uh, yeah. obviously you're thinking it's going to culminate in a much different ending. Like, are we going to get an overtime with new rules in the postseason? Uh, you know, are we going to get a, a kicker that doinks it? Or are we going to get a miss? Like, just more dramatics than what we ended up getting. Okay, but let's say he makes the field goal. You still have, you know, I think one thing that it, it, it's not a given, especially the way that the last, you know, really 30 or four, 35 or 40 minutes of that game went, it was not a given that the Eagles would go down and score either. So, you know, because they're clearly, you know, you had like the, the first few possessions of the game for the Eagles and then pretty much the rest of the game were two different things except for the you know, the, the one drive that tied the game and they went from two and got the – and what a run it hurts made on that play, by the way, to get the two-point conversion. He looks like he was stuffed and then he just kept going. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you know, that whole thing. But, yeah, it was clearly you know, two different games for the Philadelphia offense too. That's very true, but I guess that's kind of similar to how they've played all season. Uh, but more or less on their on their watch and under their control. Right. And you know, as we mentioned several times uh, during the season, and especially the last couple of weeks, you know, they basically passed the ball to get the, game, get the lead and uh, ran the ball to protect the lead. We wrap it up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. And it's officially up, Bob. The video is up of this doink right off the crossbar from 25 yards out. Okay. Yep, there it is. I talked long enough for you to post that. Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. Oh, watching it again, the dejection is coming back. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll wrap it up, though, on the other side of the break on this Monday, February 13th edition of Extra Point. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. of today's Extra Point on this Monday, February 13th edition of Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until 1 o'clock, and it's that time once again. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else hit the cracks. Also, our guest today, Nate Davis from USA Today. A, I think, comprehensive review of the Super Bowl and uh, looked ahead a little bit to next year uh, for the Chiefs and the Eagles with Nate. Also, sound a courtesy of Fox, TNT, Pac-12, ESPN, and Big, 12, uh, Big Ten Network. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next, from 1 to 3 o'clock, it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports with Dave Rooster-Beerstein from 5 to 6, uh, Monday Night Golf from 6 to 7, followed by James Out West featuring Ryan Rooks from 7 to 8 tonight. Uh, that's all coming up here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com. And now, Apple and Android. 
Android users can download the new KDUS 1060 app. Just typing in KDUS 1060, a bunch of listener rewards are up there currently for you. Uh, so I posted the uh, attempt that I had at the 25-yarder, my own little kick of opportunity there. And uh, Chris in Phoenix tweeted in, outstanding try, but it did have a bit of a reminder of Al Del Greco. If you don't remember that one, Bob will with a smiley face. Yeah, I was chuckling when you said Al Del Greco. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, uh, um, automatic Al here. I decided to look up his statistics. Uh, he is the all-time field goals made uh, franchise record holder for the Titans and the most all-time mm-hmm. extra points. So, at least there's that. In yeah. his career, in his 17 NFL seasons, 77% field goals percentage made and 99.46% on extra points, giving him a total of 1,000 592 points for his career. Now, this is what's stunning. Del Greco actually loves golf, and he has been named the head men's golf coach of Samford University back in May of 2014. I'm pretty sure that he won some of these NFL you know, golf tournament type of things. In fact, oh. I'm certain about that. Um, and some of these pro-ams that they have. And he, was, he was big time. I remember that. Uh, when we get into just kind of your overall reactions, maybe we'll save this for later on in the week in terms of how you thought Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt did calling their first Super Bowl and where we kind of rank uh, the A team so far with all the different networks that cover the NFL. So we'll save that uh, for later on in the week. But Derek Carr, he will not approve any trade. So no trade to the Saints. It's not happening, at least as of right now. He won't be going to New Orleans. Or anywhere else, apparently. Uh, you know, that uh, bonus kicks in where he's, if he's on the roster or on a roster as of Wednesday, uh, it's I believe it's $40-plus million he's guaranteed, so he's going to be a free agent. That is correct, $40 million. Uh, Purdue lost again, this time to Northwestern, 64-58. UCLA beat Oregon, 70-63. The stunner was Stanford beating the U of A, 88-79. And Tabellis was a non-factor, no rebounds, four fouls, and just four points. Yeah, UCLA, very impressive victory at Oregon, which had been playing be- uh, really its best basketball lately. That'll do it for Monday's edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 on this February 13th. Hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your day. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp tomorrow with you starting at 10 a.m.